If we walk through life ever complaining about them, the complaining builds an energy that just compounds upon itself and makes the situation more challenging, more difficult, more painful, whatever it might be. And that's not just with our bodies. That's in life situations as well. If we're ever complaining about our boss, about our neighbor, about our wife, about our children, about whatever, that energy of complaining builds and builds and builds and has a power of its own eventually that seems to run us, that seems to take over us. And it's up to us to begin to stop that action, to stop giving life to that existence of our beingness and to choose something different. And as I was laying in bed and the doctor was talking to me, I could really feel two things going on inside of me. This little wiggle of joy inside of me like, oh boy, oh boy, what will this be like? What's going to happen now? And this other part of me that wanted to go into complaining, poor me, what's wrong? What's going on here? I've had so many problems in this body. What's going on now? Why do I have to go through this? And I could feel I had a choice in that moment. I could go into poor little me and start crying and complaining to the doctor, and oh, why is this going on? Or I could look into the experience and the opportunity and move in a different direction than I might have otherwise done so. And I decided to go for the higher road, for the spirit of loving and to do the action of loving in this experience, realizing this is just a part of the journey of the soul that I am, and this is an experience that my soul had chosen into before it even incarnated here, long, long ago. This was part of the journey that God had laid it out for it, and I was going to walk through this part of the journey in loving, in gratefulness, in gratitude. And I began that journey very well. And I went through the next nine days in the hospital very well, just really living the joy of the moment. Whatever the tests were, whatever, it was an adventure, and I approached it as an adventure. And it was. Then after I got out of the hospital, everything seemed to change. That hospital was like a little cocoon. It was a safe haven. But when I got out into the world, I had many more things pushing at me that I didn't have in my little cocoon called a hospital room. And I had a lot of things inside of me then begin to stir into disturbance. And I found myself doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, which was begin to complain. I began to get upset and to get mad. And why? Why is this happening? Why do I have to go through this? The more I did that, the more challenging my life began to be. The more I began to go into my separation from my loving, the more I began to live in my darkness. And I remembered one day, weeks after all this complaining, all this darkness started to encase me, I remembered in my prayer, in my meditation, that day when I was standing before the book of life, my life, 
And I turned to those dark pages and I tried to pass over them very quickly and didn't want to look at them, didn't want to know what they were about. And I realized that's what my complaining was right then. I was trying to turn this page quick and I was complaining that it wasn't moving very fast. I could stay in my joy for nine days in the hospital, but for 90 days, for nine months, I don't think so. And I began in that prayer, in that meditative state, to look at those pages and realize that in the dark pages was the greatest light. None of the pages were all the light and everything was ease and bliss and loving. The greatest light was really in the darkness. That's where I had gained the greatest wisdom, the greatest understanding, the greatest truth, and the greatest expressions of loving was in those darkness. And so I looked after that day in my meditation, I looked at the cancer and I looked at the situations around me and I began to love it all once again. And as I did, I witnessed something very profound. What was making it difficult for me was all the people around me that were feeling sorry for me. Looking at all these people that thought I was going to die soon. Looking at all these people and putting their stuff on me. Well, you've got to take this. Well, you've got to go over here. Well, why aren't you doing this? And I realized that in the hospital, I didn't have that. I was in my hospital. A few people were coming to visit. But everybody was just adjusting to the fact that I was ill, that I had cancer. They hadn't started to create in their own minds my scenario of my life and how I was to now live it. But out in the world now, my boss was telling me one thing. The people I worked with were telling me another. I had friends that were telling me about different cures that they knew of, that knew they, they knew it would work. I had my mother knowing I was going to be in the grave very soon. My father was upset that my mother was upset about me dying. My brother was complaining that I was taking too much attention away from his situation. <laughs> and he's 13 years older than me. <laughs> All these things. And then I realized, oh my God, no wonder I'm upset. No wonder I'm complaining. I've got all these different scenarios being put upon me, laid at my feet that I'm supposed to walk, that I'm supposed to do. And none of them match. And none of them are going to work because they're not who I am. They're not a part of my journey. This is their willfulness, maybe their journey that they're trying to put on me and say, this is how you're supposed to live your life. So I told everybody to back off. I, I literally did. I didn't say it in a cruel way, but I did say, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing it that way. I'm sorry, but you don't know what's from, what the experience is for me right now. So don't put words on it. Don't put words in my mouth and say, this is what you must be feeling. You do not know. And I just began to love God once again. In my meditations, in my daily life, I put God first. And I had not been doing that for those so many days. You know what I was putting first? My cancer, my body, my process of my complaining. And God wasn't in any of that. 
So I began to put God first and my loving of God first in everything. And then I did another thing. I began to love the God that was in the cancer. Because remember, everything that exists in all of creation is God in manifestation. Is God in manifestation. And so I began to love God that is in the cancer, that frequency of the Lord that is the loving, that is misunderstood. And because of that misunderstanding of the loving was, in a sense, misexpressed. And as I began to love that, which is God in the cancer, I began to find my peace. And I began to find, once again, that wiggle of joy that I had in the moment that the doctor said, Jim, I've got something terrible to tell you, and I don't know how to tell you other than to say that you have cancer. And it was so funny. It was the word terrible that made the joy jump up. Like, oh, okay, you know. Like somebody was saying, we're going to go on vacation. (laughs) So I let that wiggle of joy be my guide. And if I lost it, I knew I wasn't on track with where I needed to go. I kept looking to that place where that movement of joy first took place when I heard the doctor's voice say those words. And I realized that that jiggle of joy was God's loving moving in me, God loving me in that moment, saying, Jim, I'm with you all the way. I'm right here. Don't forget where I am. Don't forget me in this. I'm in this journey with you because this is my journey. I want to have this experience. Let's go through this. Let's do this. But do it in the awareness of me. And I found God living every step, every moment that I went through the process with this cancer. Through the chemotherapy, through the radiation, I learned so much. And I'm sharing this with you because We each have our dark times. We each have our challenging moments. And it's up to us as to how we're going to live them. But oftentimes, we fall into the patterns that the world has taught us to live. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor you. Oh, this. Oh, that. And we complain. And we build the complaining until it has a life of its own. And then it just runs and runs and runs. And we wonder why our life isn't what we want it to be. It's because we have allowed ourselves to be encased in the darkness and not look to the light that is present, no matter where we are. If you're in the midst of a dark place in your life, if you've opened the book of life and you found what feels like not just a page or two, but a long chapter of darkness, begin to look on those pages of life. Begin to look into that darkness that you seem to be experiencing and find the light. Don't look and find more darkness. Don't look and focus on the darkness. Look to find the God in it as well. Find that light. Find that loving. Find that jiggle of joy for whatever this is about. Because God's in there somewhere laughing at it all, going, but this is so much fun. We're learning so much. We're really learning about the power of creativity, the power of joy, 
the power of enthusiasm, the power of loving, the power of forgiveness, the power of acceptance, the power of the spoken word. We're learning so much. And we're going, this is miserable. This is terrible. Why do I have to go through this? Why me? Why me? Why me? Because the me that is in you that is God is saying, because this is what I have chosen to live in and through you in order for me to come to the greater knowing of myself and all of creation. So don't look into poor me, but rather look and see the true me, the loving me, the soul that has right now a purpose in God's journey. And realize that wherever you are in your life, whether you're meditating, whether you're praying, whether you're doing anything spiritual or not in your life, you are on a spiritual journey. You are on a spiritual quest. And that divine spark of God in you, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, is having experience and is waking up into the greater knowing of self. Whether it be in the actions of being an atheist, an agnostic, a devout person, a fanatic, or whatever gamut of the spectrum of life you're on, it's God on a spiritual quest of experience in all levels of creation. Now, how do you ever get to that place where you can know that yourself so that you can truly live it in the fullness rather than just hoping that it's so because somebody says so? It's really connecting to that divine within you, and that's done in meditation. It's not done out in the world. It's sitting down and going inside to that place where God resides and truly connecting into that. And then you can face the storms of life in a way that you might not otherwise be able to do so. It's an amazing place to live God first and God only and know that that's all there is. That this is God in manifestation, in spiritual journey, in spiritual experience, and we are all a part of God experiencing here. God asked us long ago in the realms of spirit, would you now make a greater journey, you the soul, and go into these realms to have experience there so that I, the Lord in you, can have that experience and in that experience come into the greater knowing of myself and to bring that which is the divine loving into all of my creation and to manifest it fully by loving you, the soul, in these levels as well. And when God asks something, you don't say no. You go, sure, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever. Where are we going to go? And God goes, I'll take care of the journey. You just begin walking. And I'll lay out the path for you. And you just stay on that path. Okay, Lord, where's the path? Oh, there it is. Okay. 
And off you go. And you start walking it and walking it and walking it. And for a long time, the journey is a lot of fun because the journey is taking you through the realms of spirit. And you're experiencing all the divine aspect of God, the loving and the joy and the peace and the bliss, the grace and the compassion, the forgiveness, the understanding, the truth, the manifestation of all that is of God. And then all of a sudden, this path seems to go off a little bit, off into another place. It's a dimmer place. It's a different place. But it's a place the path is taking you upon. And at first, you get right up to the place where you're stepping into something different and strange, little more shadowy and dark than where you have been before. And there's a part of you that turns around and goes, Lord, are you sure? I mean, you know, this doesn't look right. And God goes, yeah, that's right. Keep on going. That's the next part of your journey. Let's go together. Let's go and have this experience now. And down you go into the realms of this creation, the void, the earth that was spoken about in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. God sent down the soul of our beingness into this that was the void, into this that was the nothingness, to have experience here and to learn the greatest part of our spiritual beingness. To truly manifest creatively, to create, to create lovingly, and to create with awareness and purpose and responsibility. And in that action of creation, come into the greater divine knowing of self and live that divine self in its fullness and then leave here. So if you stop and think for a minute that in the beginning, all this and all that is of the physical universe, the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the physical realms. It was void. There was nothing, just like I described earlier when I talked about being in that void and it was dark and then there was a dim light and then there were these souls just floating in the nothingness, in the bliss of nothingness. There was nothing here. And it wasn't until the souls came into this nothingness and began to experience and through that experience create and imagine, and believe, and move, and do, that things began to come into its fulfillment and manifest itself here. So everything that exists here, everything, on all levels of this creation, is here because soul came into here and created all this. So God, in you, created this wonderful place well, Jim, this isn't a wonderful place. What are you talking about? Look around. Look what people are doing to people. Look what's happening to this planet today. You're saying this is a wonderful place? Yes. This is a wonderful place because we as souls in this level of creation are learning about the power of creativity 
and the use and the misuse of it. And we are seeing a living demonstration on this planet now as no other human beings on this planet have ever seen it. We are now witnessing for ourselves the power of creativity and the use and the misuse of that power. What is the power of creativity? Loving. God is loving. And everything that comes out of loving is still loving. Creative action is loving. When we see things that are not in harmony with that movement of loving that is soul of us, what we are witnessing is a missed expression of that divine element that we are. So why is it that we have such a mess when we as souls came down here out of the realms of pure spirit, knowing ourselves as one with God, just skipping through the universes of God, having a good time. Oh, let's go over to peace right now. Oh, yes. Oh, and there's joy. Oh, yes, let's be in joy. And then all of a sudden we're down here and we're going, what? What? What am I supposed to do here? There's nothing here. And the divine in you says, well, create something. Create something? Well, I kind of remember something up in the other places I was at. I'll see if I can create that. And we create it, but we don't create it perfectly. And so then we try to create it again. And we create another part of it, but it's still not perfect. And that's what this world is. It's ever the soul trying to create what it remembers, but it isn't perfect. It isn't the perfection of God because we are ever doing it outside of ourselves. And then we look outside of ourselves to see, is that perfect? Is that true? Is that God out there? Did I do it? And after a while, we forgot even about our own power of creativity we forgot that we are living, loving expressions of God, that we are here to manifest loving in creative ways. And we just kept looking outside of ourselves for understanding and for truth and for God and for a way home. If we really want peace in this world, it's up to us to find it within ourselves and not to try to make it happen in this world. One day, all the souls of, that are in this creation now will withdraw from this creation and this creation will go back into the void that it was. And that really it is right now. There's really nothing here right now except for the souls that are here. And for the reality of misexpressed and expressed loving called creativity. And there will be a day when all the souls that have come down into this creation to have experience will have completed their journey in this realms of the physical universe, of this physical creation. And all the souls will withdraw and there will be nothing left here because we are the ones who created this. We are the manifestors of all that is of this creation. We have given the void life and expression. And when souls leave here, it will be void once again. It will be nothingness. So as you move through this creation, what are you to do? 
Be responsible for your own creations. Not everybody else's, just your own. Be responsible for your beliefs, for your actions, for your reactions. Be responsible for your expressions of loving. Be accepting and forgiving of yourself. And begin to live that more each day until finally with each breath and with each moment you are that living, loving essence of the Lord that you are. You're not responsible for anyone else in this creation or anything else in this creation. You are only responsible for your own soul and for your own creations as a soul. The moment you begin to take responsibility, the moment you begin to live that loving rather than judgment or fear or separation, you begin to move into the next page of the journey of your book of life. And that page begins to be a greater page of light, awakening, awareness. And you begin to move out of those dark chapters, those dark pages that you've been wandering through in a state of unawareness, in a state of forgetfulness. Because that's all that's happened. You, as the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord, your soul, has just looked away from its source, looked away from the divine that it is, and forgotten its truth, and has believed the illusion that we as the souls have created. We've created all this, and now we believe it to be true. And we're ever questing after more and more of it. More money, more sex, more wine, more whatever. More, more, more. It's to begin to be more centered once again, to get centered in the truth of who you are and to live in that simplicity. God is so simple. Loving is so simple. The truth is so simple. Find that place of simplicity inside yourself. Live that simple way. Let go of the things of this world that are ever calling you outside of yourself calling you away from your own truth. I learned that when I realized I did not need to believe what my mother and my father were telling me, what the doctors were telling me, what my friends were telling me to do. I did not need to believe any and all of that. All I had to do was go inside and live the truth that I know to be true for me, my truth, my loving, my essence. And when I did that, understanding, clarity of the path that I was to walk came present. And I found that I was walking that path, doing the things I needed to do to take care of this body, as well as to take care of my soul. The wisdom came from within. The knowing came from within. The direction came from within. Not outside. Not one person in the world told me how to do this, how to walk it. I got it from inside. And that's where we are to go to find our own direction, our own truth, our own wisdom. It's not in anybody else. 
You can walk up to a stranger on the street. You can go to a priest at a church. You can sit at the table of a professor. You can sit at the table with your mate and ask all of them the same question and get a different answer. And you're going to walk away confused. What do I do? What's my truth? What do I believe? I don't want to do any of it the way they said it. But each one of them makes so much sense. It almost sounds like it could work. Well, I'll try what my professor said first. And off you go walking, doing what they said. And three days out, you're going, boy, this isn't working. This is miserable. I don't think I want to do it his way. Okay, well, I'll try my mate's way. And off we walk, doing it their way. Well, we do it for six days. We do it a little longer because we have them standing over our shoulder going, oh, oh, you're going to do it my way? Okay, well. (laughs) But finally, somewhere along the journey we go, you know, I can't do it your way either. I'm sorry, I love you, but I just can't do it. It doesn't work for me. And finally we realize there's got to be a place where the truth lies. Where is it? It's inside. We've got to start listening to that which is inside of us and trust it and believe it and begin to walk its truth rather than somebody else's. And every time I do that, I walk right into the greater joy, the greater purpose of my life, the greater fulfillment and expression of the loving that is God in me. And every time I listen to somebody else and follow after that which they tell me to do, I find myself in separation from my loving, from my truth, and I'm not really walking the path that laid, was laid out for me by God so long ago. I'm now following in somebody else's footsteps. This is what I should do. And there I go off on their path, not on mine. So I guess if I were to wrap all this up in just a few words, it would be take time every day to get in touch with your own truth with your own loving, with who you are as soul. So many years ago, when I was nine years old, ten years old, a teacher came to me and he asked me a question. Fortunately, I had the answer because years earlier, a teacher had asked me the same question and I answered it wrong. And he asked me again, and I answered it wrong. And I answered it again, and he, and, and he said, that's wrong too. Until finally, I said, well, then what's the answer? And he said, that's for you to find out. I'll keep asking until you tell me the truth. And I said, well, stop asking me then, and let me find out what the truth is. He said, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of your learning of the answer. And the question was, who are you? Who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon. But but who are you? Well, I'm Jim Gordon and I was born in San Antonio. I mean, that's what I did. I was just taking it literally. Thinking of myself as a physical body and a physical form and a physical universe and describing all these things of who am I? Well, I'm a student 
at Delview Elementary High School, uh, Del Delview Elementary School. No, who are you? Finally, when I told him to stop asking me the question, I realized I really had to do a search of finding the answer of who am I. And that began me on a quest of discovering more about who I am as soul, of who I am as spirit, of who I am as a divine, living, loving expression of God and his creation. And so at the age of nine or ten, when this teacher came forward, a different teacher, and said, so who are you? I had an answer. I said, I'm a child of God. And he said, come, child of God, come. We are going to go on a greater journey now. We are going to see where have you come from and where are you going. That's the book of life. The book of life first reveals to you who you are, a soul, a child of God. And the pages beyond that first page that reveals to you who you are tells you where you came from. You came from the living, loving essence of the Lord as a full manifestation of that. And where are you going? You're going into the fulfillment of that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that you are and joining back into union once again in that divine that you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. If you can remember that just once every day and bring it more and more present every day, all that energy of disturbance and complaining and darkness and challenge will begin to melt away because God's light disperses the darkness. God's light and God's loving dispels everything that is not loving, transforms it back into loving. So the more you begin to hold your focus on God, that you are soul, and on loving, the more that loving begins to transform your existence. But the way you begin to do that is a simple way. You have to put loving into action. Loving exists only in action. Loving is ever moving, ever expressing, ever doing. So you as that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord have to begin to manifest it consciously, lovingly expressing it. Love the Lord. Love God with all your mind, body, and soul. Love the Lord in every moment, in every breath, in every day of your life. Love the Lord. And in those moments, also be open to receive God's loving so that you begin to live in that divine flow of love, that you're now living in the movement of loving that is ever in expression that you have just separated yourself from. And you begin doing that by loving this moment and loving God in this moment and loving God in the next moment, and loving God in the next moment, and letting the loving that is expressed in you to God begin to transform everything. And the way that transformation takes place is because God's loving now can join with you in that journey. And it's God's loving you 
that transforms everything in you and around you. And yes, you may break a toe, you may lose a tooth, you may need to wear glasses, you may even get cancer, but you'll love it just as you've loved everything else once you're now living that journey. You'll love it. And there'll be a little shaking here and there, and there'll be a little disturbance here and there. It'd be great if we could really just step into the presence of God in us and live it fully and never separate ourselves from it again. But as long as you've got a physical body and it's part of this creation with the imagination, the emotion, and the mind running, there'll be moments where you're going to go, God, why are you doing this to me? Oh, I'm sorry. I love you, Lord. <laughs> it just is the way it works here. But let that be okay. Love it all. Love who you are and love how you are every moment. And the loving will transform it all. So thank you all very much. And we'll be here next Tuesday as well as a lot of us will be at the meditation retreat this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got good weather, so that'll be nice. So good night, and thank you all. <laughs>